Hi, I'm Roxanne, and I've been reporting everything Real Housewives and Bravo TV for the past 15 years, and now with my cousin Chantel. Hey, Roxanne. We're breaking down episodes and sharing exclusive content with your favorite and not-so-favorite Bravo TV stars. Listen to All About TRH wherever you get your podcasts. Shut up. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Hot Messy Podcast. We're your hosts, Jason Barrett and Adam Newell. Happy Friday, everyone. We are so excited to be here. Well, we're always excited to be here. Let's be honest. This is our favorite part of the week, recording the podcast. I live for this part of the week as long as mom doesn't walk in and get the dogs going while we're recording the podcast. So yes, <laughs> uh, we, have a, we have a lot to talk about that and a lot of other things happening too. But guys, thank you so much for your support. As usual, you're rating our podcast, you're leaving feedback, and we just love it and love you for it. And if you're not following us, make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing or following us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeart. We are everywhere. Yes. And thank you guys for all of the amazing feedback so far. We've had, you know, of course, you get some bad with the good, but the majority has been so incredible. Um, It's It's been awesome. It's been awesome. And you guys really loved our behind the scenes from BravoCon. So thank you so much for listening to that. And... Yeah, I think this episode is going to be more more so to keep you up to date with what we have going on and how much I've overloaded our plates. Well, listen, speaking of BravoCon, we did the episode of BravoCon that dropped on Tuesday, but you can also head over to our YouTube, youtube.com slash hot messy podcast and see our visual episode where we drop some photos and videos as we're talking about it. Yes, I love YouTube. Always smash the like button and get subscribed. I can't help Jason. It's in my blood. I have to say that. I know. I know. It's so weird to be on a different platform. I have to say that. All right, guys, before we get started, we did have some questions that we wanted to answer that you guys have emailed us. And you can always be part of the conversation, of course, by sending in your questions, your feedback, uh, what you want us to talk about to info at hotmessypodcast.com. We check it all the time. I reply all the time. So please send us an email. But we have two questions that we wanted to answer and they kind of correlate with each other, I guess. So should we take some uh, questions? Yes. And it's interesting to me too, because you know, just real quick, this little tidbit, I know that we're here to talk about pop culture and everything that's going on in our relationship and what we have to bring you guys up to speed. But this was more personal. People were asking about us personally and how we're navigating our life right now, our relationship and what we have going on. And I wasn't I was like, don't you want to hear about Jennifer Lopez and how long she's going to stay married to Ben Affleck? I have questions, but not about I me. I mean, listen, I don't care. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, well, let's get into the questions. <laughs> All right. So our first question is actually from Sarah from Washington State. And she asked, you guys are everywhere from the Orange County to New York and always posting online. When do you guys take a break? And I appreciate that question today. I actually held it for today's episode because... I am so exhausted. You look great. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. I just, after BravoCon, and it wasn't just like OC, and it's not just uh, New York. I mean, before that, I can't even remember. We're in Orlando all the time, uh, visiting family. We, I'm leaving for New York 
tomorrow to go to a, a, a yacht event. And then next week we have yacht shows to go to to cover. So there's so much going on. But I have to say, you know, this weekend at BravoCon in New York, I was working with Caroline Stanbury and at her booth with uh, her and Sergio, uh, who are from the Real Housewives of Dubai. And watching them hustle and work, it literally made me like, like I feel lazy even when I'm tired now. You know, and what's so funny about this is for those of you who don't know our dynamic in our relationship, Jason is really one to hold down the fort um, as far as our family, our little fur babies, um, organization, what's going on with our day-to-day, our calendars, our business, really quality control in all of it. And then for me, I'm just like, content, content, content. And hey, Jason, we can do more. So we actually spoke with Gina Marie, who's a spiritual medium who was featured on The Real Housewives of New Jersey. And she broke this down for us. And she let us know without actually knowing us how both of our roles are vastly different, but how they really complement each other. But at the same time, I overwhelmed the hell out of Jason because I'm like, you know what? If we're doing four videos a day, Jason... And a couple lives a week plus interviews. Let's add a podcast to it. Let's go get another dog. Let's move somebody I mean, why in. Why the hell not? Let's we buy have a nothing house. else better to do. I mean, I, I'm sleeping only five hours a night. I mean, listen, work is work. By the way, we're hiring. So if anybody wants to work for us, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, actually, that Good might enough. not be. You know, we also too. In our day to day right now, just to give everyone a heads up. I know Jason was telling a little bit about our calendars and how much we're constantly traveling around, which we are. We also have a wedding to get to at the end of the year. And actually, we have two weddings, one ourselves and then another one is wedding. ours. One, one is we, ours. We are getting married by the end of the year. I mean, we have that. And then we're building this house. Um, and I, the only reason I say building this house is because I like to keep transparent with you guys and what we have going on. Because you guys will all of a sudden see that we're in a completely different space and studio. And we live... You know, we moved from California, Los Angeles during the pandemic back to Florida. And since Jason and I have been together for, what is it, eight, nine years now, we've always lived in big cities and small places. So we're really excited to have more room to further improve the quality of the podcast, to improve the visual quality of our YouTube channel. There's so much going on. And with that, of course, doesn't mean just like, poof, you build a house and then your studio is perfect. It's like, no, we then have to build out the studio. We have to upgrade the equipment. And I keep on just... I Jason has a little checklist of things he has going on. And I sneak in when he goes and takes a shower and I add to the list. And he's like, what the fuck? I'm like, sorry. It's great. Yeah, I love... I love you know coming out and feeling so refreshed and then looking at this list that just grew exponentially. It's it's so much fun. Let's take another question really quick because this has to do with us. Um, so Charles from Texas, thank you for emailing us. He said, <laughs> and this is the kind of feedback that we we have to explain this, okay? Because he said, oh, is your banter real or do you put it on for the show? Why do we always get that? We always get that. We get that on YouTube all the time. And people, sometimes they don't know when we're joking and when we're not. But Adam and I have been together for pretty much almost a decade. So we have a banter that is like best friends. I mean, Adam is my best friend. He's the love of my life. He's my best friend. But our banter is funny. We're also two cancers who live together. This is a very sensitive, emotional space. (laughs) Right. You guys also have to realize too, you know, I met Jason when I was 
when I just turned 20 years old. So I'm 29 now. I'm about to turn 30 in July. So not about to turn 30. I just turned 29. Actually, I sound like Jason now aging my ass. I've grown in my 20s in this relationship with Jason. And if you Google this, people change. I think like two or three, maybe even four times in their 20s, you grow. And it's really challenging to grow together within a relationship, right? So we have this banter, but out of the banter, even when we're being snarky as shit, and sometimes I'm just like, get out of my face with that shit. And Jason's like, um, piss off. I'm closing the door. You go do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. That's our banter, but we know our boundaries. And I think it's important to know your boundaries and have effective communication. Keep that line of communication open. And then the banter that sometimes can be perceived as negative doesn't necessarily become a problem because it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I know where you stand. You know where I stand. We're joking, but let's not, we're hitting that line. You know, <laughs> let's not cross that because then it's like two cancers and then you're, you're all, we're all both of a sudden, crying in a corner. It's just, it's, it's we're just Floyd not Mayweather. It. It's not worth it. It's happening. <laughs> no, it's not happening. It's not happening. We get that question a lot. I hate that people are so confused by that, but I do understand where they're coming from because we do kind of put that on. But I'm not an actress. Jason's not an actor. We're not putting this out there to kind of put on a facade or characters. You can ask any of our friends or our loved ones or people that were around. This is just us. We have a good time. I'm not cotton candy, guys. I'm not cotton candy. All right. Well, with that, guys, thank you so much for sending in your questions. And don't be afraid to send in questions, feedback, uh, stuff you want us to talk about. Again, info at hotmessypodcast.com. Or you can leave us a tweet, a comment, a DM, whatever floats your boat. I'm so excited about today's guest. She was playing on our TV this morning. She was playing on our TV this morning. Uh, So today's guest is a friend of mine named Cy Smith. I mean, we're going to let her tell you about herself and how she got started in the music industry. But Cy not only has toured with Whitney Houston and Shaka Khan and so many other big, big artists, but she has her own independent music career. And we're going to talk to her about why she chose to stay independent instead of, you know, signing with a big label or selling your soul to the devil. So we're going to... There's a lot to cover. There's a lot to cover. Should we jump right in? I think we should jump right in. All right, guys, we are welcoming Cy Smith to the show. Cy, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I am so excited for this. Sorry, I don't mean to jump right in there. But I honestly, with your career and everything that you've done and the way that you've made it in the industry, Jason, I'll I'll pass it back over to you. But I'm fangirling. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Okay, you're fangirling. I literally, I think Adam and my entire family have heard Cy Smith on replay in my car, in my house, everywhere. I've introduced a lot of people to Cy Smith, by the way, which is awesome. I love being like the cool one who knows the the awesome performer (laughs) that like you might not like get at the stores, but like you find her music and you found gold. (laughs) I love that you have introduced so many people to my music. Thank you for doing that. Like... Thank you for that. Like, I need, I need a hundred. No, I need like a thousand Jasons in every state. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for on that one. Sai, <laughs> so I, I was just introducing you and kind of telling people about your career, your background, especially in this industry. 
I, I just want to get a little background for you and for our listeners of who you are, where you're from, and just a little bit about how you got started in the music industry. And then I have a ton of questions for you. Okay, um, I'll try to give you the short story. Um, I was born in New York, raised in DC and Maryland. Um, I went to Howard University. I I started singing probably when I was in elementary school, uh, but I also played piano. I did that first. Um, when I went to Howard, I was in an acapella group and, and I also was in a go-go band after I finished high school. And then I moved to L.A. after finishing my degree in psychology um, <laughs> to get, you know, my toes in the door of the music business as a songwriter. Uh, and then I got a gig singing backup for uh, another Howard grad named Kenny Lattimore. And that was like the beginning of what ended up becoming, you know, the career I have now. And just really briefly for our listeners, because unless you're from DC, I don't know, not everyone knows Go-Go. Oh, can yeah. You, can you give like kind of your interpretation of what Go-Go music is? So Go-Go music is a, is a subgenre of funk. Um, and it sort of evolved out of the disco, post-disco era, um, when DJs were sort of taking over the cabarets, um, you know, and that was like the night scene, you know, for black folk in D.C., bands still wanted to play those cabarets. So in, instead of just sort of quitting, bands started doing what DJs do, and that is going from song to song to song without stopping. And and this required them to sort of take on a similar pocket for each song. Um, and that evolved into what's known as a go-go pocket. And so, yeah, that's what go-go is. It's like, uh, you know, it's a music that is specifically made for the party, you know, to keep the party going, but it functions sort of, it, it evolved out of the necessity to compete with DJs, if that makes any sense. No, that it's makes the... complete sense. I feel like <laughs> I just got educated on this. This is, I'm, I'm very intrigued here because I didn't know the story or the background behind that. Yeah, like that's how that's how that happened, and um, and it became its own thing. It's very it's very much based in percussion and 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 that that driving pocket, which has evolved itself over the years. Like the gogo pocket has changed. Um, so if you listen to gogo from the late seventies, like Chuck Brown, it's very different from the gogo from the mid eighties, like Rare Essence and and and. EU. And then that go-go is very different from, you know, Northeast Groovers and Backyard Band. It, it's, and it's really kind of fascinating when you when you go all the way up to now, you know, and hear what go-go sounds like. Oh, I love that. I'm I'm a huge fan of, well, first of all, funk, but also go-go. So yeah, I love this. Okay, so your career has just spanned decades. Can I say that? Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, you are allowed to say <laughs> that. Right. I, no, because I fighting it but i'm like you know what i'm proud to have been around and still be here for as long as i've been here so yeah it's been about 25 years jason it's oh, been wow. decades but you still look like you're 20 years old so this is hey i'll take yes. it i'll take it adam yes. i'll take it <laughs> you know what in a lot of the interviews we've been doing i i tell people we met back in and i think you and i met 2008 that's also a decent amount of time. So I'm giving away my age like every podcast episode. <laughs> How did you? I, I never asked this story, though, because Jason has, you know, he always has the wildest stories about meeting people. But how did uh -huh. you both meet? 
Yeah, how did we meet, Jason? Well, I met, you know what's so funny is it was maybe my third, or no, second or third time to LA. And uh-huh. we had a mutual friend, Cinda Ramsier, who was performing ah, at Cirque du Soleil. Yes. And we were in town and she said, you have to meet Cy Smith. And yes. I said, oh, okay. And, and she's a singer, but her energy, her soul, it just jumps out at you. We have to meet her. So I met you there, fell in love with right. the music. And then oh. every time I was in LA until I moved to LA, I would I would try to to come to any of your shows, any yes, of your performances. Yes, you did. Yes. And they were amazing. I mean, listen, I can Thank I you. can probably name a few places, but definitely New York for New Year's with Chris Bodie. Definitely the wow. Mint back in the day. Was- DC. Oh yes. DC. LA. Yes. Going to your shows, it's almost I don't want to use the word like a cult following, but your fans oh. love you. And they're so enthusiastic and you you know how to pack out a room. Every show we Thank went you. to, it was like, I didn't even know if we, if we were going to be able to get in. Just and not to, to you know, keep, you know, complimenting you over and over again. But She's like, no, keep going. At your shows, it's not just people who listen to your music. It is other artists who appreciate your music. I mean, you're often, oh, wow. people often refer you as the hardest working woman in underground soul. So yeah, I would have to say yes. That's very true. That's <laughs> I, I always like hearing about, you know, sort of the backstories and different people that you've worked with, especially from the guests that we bring on. I yeah. wanted to ask you throughout your career, who do you think one of the biggest names that you've worked with? I guess the the biggest name would definitely be Whitney Houston. Wow. Um, I toured with her from 98, 97, 98. God, I can't remember to, you know, it was it was like two years, starting with the classic Whitney gig, which was my first show with her, which was live on HBO, filmed from Constitution Hall in my hometown of D.C. So that was crazy. Wow. <laughs> and um, and then I went on to tour with her for the um, Your Love is My Love album. But, you know, but I've, I've worked with a lot of really wonderful people. Some of my names. favorites too, Shaka Khan. Sheila Shaka E. Khan. Yes, yeah. Shaka Khan, Sheila E. Um, Michelle and Deggio Cello. Oh, um, yeah. DJ Quick, who is one of my favorites, <laughs> uh, worked with Usher. Uh, it's been a really, really blessed life. Macy Gray. Gosh, I, 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 I forget to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> that's the place you. That's when you know you've made it. That's the place you want to be when you're like Whitney Houston, Usher. You're going through the names and you're like. <laughs> There's a, there's a whole list here. It's just like right now, it's not at the top of my head. <laughs> it's It's been a blessed life, you know, um, and it continues to be. So I'm really, I'm, I'm, and I'm, I never stop loving it. Like I always get just ex- excited to go on stage as I was, you know, in 98. Like it's just as exciting for me. Um, I'm currently touring with Chris Bodie as a featured vocalist. That's a lot of fun too. Like it's, it's been good. <laughs> it's I- been crazy, but it's been good. I don't want to sound ignorant with this question, but I'm so curious for anyone who's listening or maybe even me as well. I'm going to put myself in the same category, but for people who are listening, why would an artist choose to, Jason, you called it underground? Yeah. Like it basically like Sai is an independent artist, right? right? You're not signed with a label. Not only does Sai, you know, do all of her own writing, producing, you do everything. And I guess maybe the question is, why would you choose to do that instead of sign instead of going with a major? Yes. Yeah. You know, I was signed with a major at first, at the beginning of my career. And that happened because my songwriting demo. Remember earlier I said I moved to L.A. to become a songwriter. Right. 
my songwriting demo felt like an artist demo to everybody who heard it. So as I was going to different publishers seeking a publishing deal, they kept saying, well, she should get a record deal because because most songwriters catalogs don't necessarily feature them singing all the songs that they write. They usually have a demo person singing their songs. But because I'm a singer, I just sang all my own songs. And some of them were kind of quirky and just, you know, people just didn't quite understand what I was trying to do. So I ended up just getting a record deal because I was like, well, F it, you know, that's the only way I'm gonna be able to get these songs out, you know? <laughs> so I signed with a label. It just didn't work out, you know, like they just, they signed me based on what the songs were. And, and they loved them. But then when it was time to put those same songs out, they wanted me to sort of, uh, how do you say it? They wanted me to downplay the blackness of it all, you know? Mm. <laughs> and it was really just one of those situations where I was like, well, the, the lyrics haven't changed from when, you know, you signed me. These are the exact same songs. Or, or they would say things like, um, well, we don't know how to write an urban bio, so we, we've hired somebody to do that. I'm like, an urban what? bio? What does that even mean? <laughs> like, oh uh, you know, so I, so I parted ways with that label and sort of had to regroup. And this was at a time when, Adam, there was no indie soul scene to speak of. Um, there was indie music, but whenever you spoke about indie music or heard about it, uh, it was mostly indie rock. You know, so I'm talking like 2000, 2001. So I sort of had to regroup and I, I got some songs together and just, burnt, you know, made an EP, you know, got a thousand of them made. Just not really thinking, just sort of I was I was doing something, but not really understanding what I was doing. I had started this monthly venue called Bitchcraft. And Bitchcraft was a place where I could play, but I featured other women in the performing arts. I had dancers, I had poets, I had actors, you know, and they would come and do 15 minutes, 15 minutes, 15 minutes. And then my girl DJ Spark was spinning in between sets. And then I would come out and do 45 minutes. And that was the night. And Bitchcraft had grown really big, but I didn't have any product to sell. And people were always asking for a CD. So that's how I ended up manufacturing, you know, a thousand CDs, which was my first EP. And they sold out really quickly. And I was like, wow, I could actually just put out my own music. And it was a revelation to me because nobody was really doing that in the soul scene. And it wasn't uh, it wasn't like it is now, you know, where there are all of these venues and all of these outlets and festivals and, and that kind of thing, you know, that are supporting independent soul. You know, it it just wasn't the same. <laughs> um, you so have more but, control that way, too, though, right? You do. You have more control. It is a grind for that ass, though. I am not even going to lie. <laughs> it's still a grind. I, I really wouldn't change a thing in terms of making that leap because I had seen people in the height of that sort of neo-soul thing that was happening. I'd seen a lot of artists come and go and never come back. And I feel like I made it through that <laughs> with a, you know, with a career that, that still stands. So I'm, I'm just happy to, you know, to still be here and, and still do things the way I like doing them. I love that. You're like, if you're not going to give me exactly what I want, I'm going to pave my own way and make it happen for myself. But with the same sort of disclaimer at the bottom, like for anyone who's listening who wants to do something similar, you have to work your ass off. 
Yeah. <laughs> you definitely have to work your ass off and, and you know, you gotta love the grind, you know, to, to, to be able to do it every day the way that I and some of my um contemporaries do it. I didn't ask this at the beginning, but I'm so curious. What is what would you say one of the biggest audiences you've performed for would be like a number off the top of your head as a solo performer or as you know with with some of the names that i have named before we'll hit both okay (laughs) um i feel like i might have done glastonbury with macy gray that festival is like what Five hundred thousand. It's it's crazy. It's really wow. really crazy how many people are there. It's wow. it's really crazy. I don't. I can't even tell you how many people are at Glastonbury, but it's a lot. Uh, as a solo performer, you know, I've never thought about this. I don't know. <laughs> to be honest with you, I've never really thought about it. I did the Bermuda Jazz Festival some years ago, and that was probably you know in the. T- tens of thousands. Sorry, um, I mean, would you consider because I also saw you perform at Carnegie yeah. Hall? Would you consider oh, yeah. that as a solo performance? I mean, because you were yeah, absolutely very much featured. I was very much featured there. Um, yeah, that was that was Carnegie Hall. And sometimes, you know, it's not about the numbers of of the people in the audience; it's about the place. So yeah, Carnegie Hall is definitely one of the highlights of my career. Um, the Kennedy Center, definitely one of the highlights, um, and. Yeah, I, I had a really interesting tour back in 2013. I was touring with a French rock artist named Johnny Holiday, and I toured all over France with him. He was like a legendary French rock artist. He was like the Bruce Springsteen of France, y'all. And we performed for his birthday at Bercy in Paris. And that performance was televised to every French-speaking country in the world. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sometimes there's amazing. a lot more people watching than you think. Right. <laughs> I wanted to ha- follow up with a question for you on something you, you said and, and ask your feelings on this now. Um, do you okay. think that Black artists, especially female Black artists today, are facing the same or similar situations that you faced back when you were with the label? <laughs> Oh, man. You know, that's a really good question, Jason. I think they are. I think we are. But we have way more platforms to speak out about it in real time. And that has changed the game, you know, because what used to be, um, you know, something that was like the situation I just spoke of about, you know, we had to hire somebody to write an urban bio. There was no place for me to vent about that where where the public could respond in kind you know but now the girls have a place to talk you oh, know if you took and... that to social media now you would <laughs> a label would be canceled they, they would be out exactly. done and they would exactly. be like exactly let's push up Ex- some size smith out here exactly so i think now what has happened is the label sort of think twice before, you know, being goofy. And, and, you know, that doesn't stop all the goofiness at all, but it reduces it a lot, you know, so that black female artists have um, chances to do things now that they didn't really have 20 years ago. So it's a, it's a good thing. There's still a lot of work to be done. um, Still a lot of seats at the table that need to be filled. um, But, but it's definitely different. 
Do you have yeah. any mainstream, like, I don't want to say mainstream, but people who are signed by major labels who you would see? And I know that this is a totally different world, right? But like the ones that people who just turn on their iHeartRadio Top 100 or they're talking about the VMAs and some of these performers, do you have any women in the business today that are either up and coming or just big names that you would want to work with if the opportunity came up? You know, I really like... Um, there's a British rapper named Little Sims. Uh, I don't know if she's on you guys' radar, but I love her. Um, she's so dope. I don't even know if she's top 100 or whatever here, but like she's killing it in the UK. Um, I really love her. Um, I like Tiana Taylor a lot. I don't, oh, I love this group, um, Tank and the Bangers. Have you guys heard of them? No. They kind of, they kind of started on like the NPR Tiny Desk contest and, and they won and then they just blew up from there. And, and I love what they are doing. Um, Tank, uh, the leader of that band is she's, she's really something special and I love her. So I, am I naming people who are mainstream? I don't know. <laughs> I, I it doesn't that, have to be. I think you're, you're kind of opening the door for people to hear their names on the, let's say the podcast or somewhere else. Cause I'm going to check all of them out because I don't think okay, your yes. recommendations would. would do that <laughs> I, I would love to hear what you think about little Sims. She's so dope to me. Now, Sai, I, I wanted to ask you, you've put out, is it five full albums? That's right. Or would it be six that's with right. your Christmas albums? Oh, well that's like an EP. So oh, okay. I would say, okay. I would say five albums and like three EPs or so, something well, like that. Everyone can check out Size Music at SizeSmith.com. Of course, Thank everywhere you. else, you know, Apple Music, Spotify, pretty much everywhere. Out of all of the five albums, Psycho Soul, The Cyberspace Social, Conflict, which is my personal favorite. Ah. And of course, the latest one, Sometimes a Rose Will Grow in Concrete. What is your favorite album out of those five? Right. As, as a project, what has meant the most to you? Oh, my gosh. You know, if you ask any songwriter what their best song is, they usually they usually name the very last one they wrote, <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. the most recent one they wrote. Um, and so, you know, in that regard, I would probably say Sometimes a Rose Will Grow in Concrete, which is my latest project. That album was an accomplishment for me because I wrote and produced the entire thing myself. And I hadn't done that yet not as far as writing and producing an entire album on my own. You know, I would usually go to other producers for the track and, you know, and, and then write to that. So that was always a co-writing situation. Um, but this one, I needed to do this, you know, uh, just to get it out of my system and see if I could. And I did. And I, I'm really pleased with how that came out. And I got some really good songs out of it. And And even though it might not be like double platinum or whatever, you know what makes me happy about that album? is that other artists and, you know, upcoming musicians and performers around the world cover some of the songs and put the, um, those covers up on IG or YouTube and stuff like that. And I see that and I, I'm blown away, you know, like to hear somebody in Mexico singing, your love keeps me higher, I don't want to Like to hear that, you know. Love, or, yes. It's amazing. It's, it's the highest form of compliment. And I'm just, you know, I'm blown felt, away by that. I felt like that album was just a little more personal too. 
to you? Like you yes. just kind of said you included your dad in it and and listening yes. to some of his stories. And I just thought it was such a, a, a personal <clears throat> tale of like everything of, of love, life and and laughter because there's a lot of laughter in there. Exactly that. And, you know, um, it's funny that you say that love, life and laughter, because that's how my father always signs um, birthday cards to me. You know, <laughs> he always says lots of love, life and laughter, you know, and that and so that's exactly what I was trying to, um, you know, sort of exude in that in that record. Um, love, life and laughter and, and, you know, also sort of some thought provoking moments, you know, just things that we sort of take for granted and don't necessarily think about, you know, yeah. like we were we were never free begins with the phrase. Um, Pretty little flowers brighten up my space. No one knows the horrors that brought them to this place. And, you know, we think about how we just, we just get flowers and put them in a vase and put them in our room and voila, it's pretty. But we never think about the network of roots that we separate those flowers from to uh. put them there. And that's sort of uh, the way I think about black people being taken from a, a whole other continent and brought here and just literally uprooted from the ground and the network of things and people and spa spaces that they knew and brought to another place to make it something beautiful. Um, I love that. I love, I, I love your inspiration behind that. I'm so inspired. And every time I listen to you, I'm over here with like the Cheshire cat just grinning from ear to ear. And I didn't even, I didn't know we would get these little like tidbit performances. Your voice is so beautiful. I always get so much crap on here because I, I, the people who we bring on, everyone always says, Adam, you compliment everybody. And I'm like, well, the people that we bring on to the show are people that we're really inspired by and think that they do incredible work. And how can you not? And your story and just Thank the way you. that you write your music is so beautiful. Thank you for that. Thank you. That makes me happy. But yeah, you know, so I, so that album is super personal to me and it, it's probably my favorite. Maybe Conflict is my second favorite. <laughs> oh, okay, good. <laughs> I mean, they're all amazing. And I have, you know, I have different, I have different uh, songs from every album, from The Art of You, from uh, Standalone. Yes from Fast and Curious, like I just adore what you do. It really, oh, thank you. I feel like I find, and I don't know how to describe it really. I find like uh, my ears are oh. happy. They're happy. Are they're happy. Yes. I, I, a friend and a fan. Yes, I, yeah, that very much so. That makes me so happy. <laughs> very much so. I I love it. And also, I don't know if Jason, you know, has mentioned this to the audience, but he starred in one of my videos. Oh, I did. Which is, that's right. He's in Spies. Spies. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. And that video was crazy because that was my first time, you know, as an independent artist having like dancers and a location shoot, you know, the, it was my first time having more than 10 people involved in a video since I had been signed you know, post being signed to a label, right? So this is a big deal for me. And Jason was, you know, gracious enough to be a part of it. And do you know what happened, Adam? Do you know what happened on that video shoot? Oh, no, I'm ready for it. My, Give it to me. I got sick right after lunch and I was throwing up every 45 minutes and I could not stop, but I didn't want to stop production. And my, and my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, um, I, he was directing 
And I didn't want to tell him. So I'm telling my makeup artist and my hair, you know, guy like, don't tell Sean, don't tell Sean. And finally, I couldn't hide it anymore. Sean could <laughs> tell that something was wrong with me. I was literally not able to sit up straight. And he would call, I, you know, I'd be like this hunched over and he'd call action. And I'd be like, let's, you know, and thankfully I had Jason right there to give me energy and help me. But do you know my appendix burst? Oh my God. <laughs> yes. I remember this. And I remember at that time, that little scene that we were yeah. doing, it was at the end of the night. So yes. it's, I can't believe that you This is like the that. definition the of the hustle. show must go on. <laughs> this exactly. is the hustle. Don't worry about your appendix. Yeah, <laughs> it's just an got to hustle. Oh it's okay. my God. I couldn't even finish the shoot. My beloved friend, Shante, who was my double, she did the last shot and I had to go home and ended up having surgery the next day. I had wow. to go to the emergency room that night. And when I got to the emergency, before I even went to the emergency room, I said, Sean, because he, he came to my place after they wrapped. And I said, Sean, can you go look on the laptop and find out what side your appendix is on? And he, he went and did it. And he said, which side? And I said, yeah. I got to go to the hospital right now because I knew that's what it was. Wow. And, and yeah. But the video was cute. Yeah. <laughs> Damn well. It was. And, Jay <laughs> and Jason looks amazing. Uh, I have to go check go this out now. Yeah. <laughs> I, Cy, I love, love, and I think what makes your voice so special is I just love what you can do with it. It's like vocal gymnastics and you can sing low, you get into that soprano, you whistle tone better than anyone I've ever heard in my life. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you. But I mean, I love your covers of Diana Ross, Love Hangover and Loving You, Minnie Ripperton is my favorite oh. cover you've ever, ever done. Um, oh. But how has it been being an independent artist and finding stability, like financial stability, life stability, everything in in the industry? And I, I know you're touring with Chris Bodie right now mm -hmm. all over the world. I mean, how many cities do you hit in a month sometimes? Oh, my goodness. In a month, you know, maybe 12. Oh, uh, yeah. Just 14. 12. <laughs> does, does this is this the because the, you've been touring with him for a long time, right? Yeah, yeah, on and off since 2007. And does wow. that help you find crazy. stability in the industry or, or is that something yeah, that... Yeah, so that's such a good question. How do you find stability in this industry as an independent artist? I think the key for me has been to not limit myself to the, to the work that I will do. You know, because there are some independent artists that will be like, I'm not singing backup for nobody. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. You know, and it's like, well... For me, I love using my voice wherever I can use it. So if I'm asked to sing backup for somebody and I really like that artist or I, I find it interesting, or even if it's just a friend of mine, but you know, whatever. If it's fun and, and fulfilling, then I will likely do it, you know? So like last year I was doing some work with St. Vincent, um, and and it was just fun you know like i was just like oh yeah like i I dig what she's doing this will be fun for me i've done voiceover work for animation you know again it's not singing but it's a place where i can use my voice and it it stretches the bounds of what i already know i can do um to places that i didn't know i could do 
Chris Bodie, you know, again, it's like, I'm not singing my own songs necessarily. Actually, now I am, but, uh, but I wasn't at first, you know, but I'm a featured artist on a jazz gig. This is new for me. You know, let me see if I can do that. You know, that was my thought process at the time. Now I'm learning how to, uh, in the last couple of years, I've had to learn how to um, say no when I need to say no and say yes when I want to, because mm. otherwise that appendicitis thing will just keep happening. <laughs> you know, mm. I was doing so much back then. I was doing Chris Bodie and American Idol and whatever I could do as an independent artist, you know, so like Sunday through Wednesday, I'm working at American Idol and Wednesday night, Ryan Seacrest would go, the person going home tonight is, and I'd be like, me. And I'd jet out and go to the airport <laughs> and, and catch the red eye to meet Chris Bodie wherever he was, and Thursday through Saturday work with him in whatever cities he's in, and then be on the first thing smoking back Sunday morning to Capitol Records to record for American Idol. And I did that for five seasons. Wow. And that's crazy. Wow. <laughs> that's crazy. I have said wow you know? like 20 times during this interview. <laughs> I mean, but this is a wow interview. Now, every time but, I'm lazy, Adam's going to be like, remember what Sai said when she got on the red eye? The hustle. I'm going to be like, hustle. until your appendix is bursting, you have not done enough. <laughs> you have not worked hard enough. Oh, God. But I say this as a cautionary tale, you know, because I was working so much that I wasn't listening to my body, you know, and and I paid for it. So now, you know, it's about the work-life balance. It's about taking a nap when I need to. It's about meditating. It's about carving out time for myself every single day, you know, um, whatever that means for me. From lately, the last year and a half, that means waking up and running 5K like almost every day. Like that's my new thing. I know? see that on your Instagram all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like that's my... <laughs> It's, it's become a meditation for me. And I was not a runner. I was not an athlete at all. You know, this is very new. But it's become a thing where I'm just sort of giving to myself in that way. So I think everybody has to find a way to give to yourself and also find a way to say yes to the things that will fulfill you, you know, so that you can maintain stability in this life. Yeah. And, and to maintain your health. I mean, for anybody who tours, the way you do, you you have to give yourself a, a break at some point. You know, I mean, how, how are you going to perform at your best? How are you going to, I don't even know how you, just traveling and the struggle of, <laughs> of you know, it, everyone who's not seeing this on video, I'm like holding my hands up to my throat because I'm thinking about right. all those plane rides and then getting up and, and singing yeah. at your top. That's, that's difficult. That uh, is so you know, difficult. And you've seen the show, like... The Chris Bodie show, especially, I have to go from zero to 60 in two minutes. Like I don't come out on stage at the beginning of the show and warm up into a nice arc over the course of an hour. I come in the middle of the show and I have to go from zero to 60 in two and a half minutes. That's crazy. <laughs> you know? It's crazy. So, you know, I have to, you know, I'm backstage doing jumping jacks and push-ups in my gown and heels, you know, um, doing all the things to warm up vocally and physically. And, uh, and, and then I go home and or go back to my hotel room and don't talk for 12 hours you know like you know especially when we do the blue note residency you know he does 28 nights in a row two shows a night and i was doing all 56 of those shows with him uh. and and again this is 
you know, in the last couple of years, I've had to learn how to say, you know what, I can't do all 56 shows. That's killing me. I can do two weeks, you know, 28 nights. I mean, you know, 14 nights, so that's 28 shows. It still sounds crazy, 28 shows in a row with no break, but I know that that's something I can manage, you know, uh, and still be well. And on top uh, of that, because the, the Blue Note is such a special performance down in uh, in Manhattan, and it's... Yeah. I, I think I've been maybe twice. But then right after on New Year's, I don't know if you're doing it this year, you do your own show. Right. I, I was doing that for a couple of years in a row. But that again, you know, that made it 57 shows. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, you know, again, it's like I've had to sort of pare back and say... Yeah, I can't do everything. Um, and if that means some people will be a little disappointed, I'm sorry. But you know who's going to be okay with it? Me. And <laughs> you your know? body and, and your appendix. And my body. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> my appendix is long gone, but all the other organs that are still there. <laughs> <laughs> They're necessary. We got to keep them. <laughs> so we know you are super busy, but I do want to ask you where can anyone find more information about you where can they listen to your music because i'm pretty sure you can find your music everywhere yeah you know I'm, I've, I've i was up on these digital streets long before a lot of people um and i'm still there but just look up Cy Smith, it's spelled S-Y-S-M-I-T-H, um, on any of your streaming platforms, any of your digital retail stores. And uh, I still have a website, SciSmith.com. People can go there and, and get directly from me um, whatever physical product I have. Like there's a vinyl album right there. I'm pointing to it um, for the people who can't see. But that's the Cyberspace Social. And let's see. And on IG, I'm at Cyberspace. S-Y-B-E-R-S-P-A-C-E, cyberspace. And uh, <laughs> let's see, I, I, good grief. I think I'm on TikTok. I think it's, I don't, I don't even know. Just just go to SciSmith.com. SciSmith.com. Yeah. This has been one of the most incredible conversations. I learned so much. I'm so inspired after this conversation. I'm like, Jason, we have to go work. But we, I know not everyone is is seeing this, and so we throw clips up on our YouTube channel. Uh, but Adam and I don't think have stopped smiling ear to ear during this whole conversation because it's so interesting. Your your whole career, your talent. We appreciate having you on today, Sai. Thank you Thank so much. You. In, Thank you so much. In honor of your music too, and the show that we went to in LA with the yeah. roses on our shirts. Rose, I want to say, yes. I like to end with a good rose and a thorn, a positive and a negative. And the rose was, I feel like we learned so much and it was so incredible to hear your story. And the thorn is that it's coming to an end. <laughs> oh, you guys, I, it's been so much fun for me to talk um, with you, Jason and Adam. And Adam, like, it's been so nice to just finally talk. I know we're not in person, but just to have some sort of one-on-one -on -one or one-on-two time with you, you know, this, is, this has been beautiful. And I hope that um, the in the future, like, the three of us can get together for a coffee or, you know, oh, yeah. spill some tea, whatever, you know. Oh, yes, we all um, want to spill the tea. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. 100%. 100%. <laughs> and we will be at a future show. I can promise you that. I, We're traveling so much. We will catch one of those cities. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank, Thank you, Sai.
All right, guys. Well, that was Cy Smith. And I mean, we got blessed with her voice today. So how amazing I love her. That? her. She is so much great energy. And when you see her live, you just cannot take your eyes off her. She's currently touring with Chris Bodie. You know, he's a, an amazing, amazing trumpet player who's performed with Sting and many other people. Uh, so you can definitely check out chrisbody.com if you want to see their cities that are coming up. All right, Adam, I think like the past few episodes you've wanted to bitch, but I Is don't it know time if it's for because... my bitch session. No, it's time for mine oh. because I'm exhausted and <laughs> I'm bitchy and I feel like I need a bitch session. What's wrong with you? Are you I'm tired? Tired, yeah. Um, bravo, bravoed out. <laughs> oh, okay, you're bravoed out, so you're in bitch mode. Okay, go on, bitch about it. All right, so we travel a lot, right? And we always travel back to cities we've lived in, like New York or Los Angeles. And sometimes, you know, I have this this saying, reason, season, lifetime, when it comes to friends, right? From my whole life, and, and I'm almost 40, and I'm not afraid to say it, but I've had friends come and go. You know, there was a reason they were there. I've had friends that you grow with for a certain season. And then you have friends you just know are lifetime friends. And I think you get that feeling when you first meet them. No, I think I have a I have a really bad judgment on this, to be honest with you. I I feel like I'm honestly such an open book and I love when I meet someone and I invite them in and I just see the best in them. And you're kind of like a protector in that way. Whereas I'm like, oh, this person's amazing. And you're like, Adam, we need to be aware. And then I mean you know, you there know. are some friends that that you and I have had, and this just happened recently when we were in New York. We meet up with people and we still expect that same person. You know what I mean? It's, I can't wait to see this person because remember how it was. And it just turns out to be very, this pastime anyway, for me was very like judgmental and it was a little uh, rough around the edges. Yeah. A and I just feel like, you know, and I've told you this before, like, let's say this person I was like, I, I don't feel connected with anymore. And it's a shame, but they also are living their own lives. They are growing. They have things going on as well. I just don't think we always have to like meet up with old friends that we haven't seen in like eight years. You know what else I think? Or heard too, from in eight years. I think reason, season, lifetime. Yes, I, I do believe in that concept. But I also think as you grow... And as what you're doing is growing, for example, the platform or the more busy you are, the more successful, you start to meet new people in these different realms, right? And you get to know other people. But then some of the people that you used to be around or have in your life when you weren't necessarily in that positive space, they don't know how to react to that. So they put out a lot of negative energy and they're like, oh... Is that what you're doing? Well, it's That's funny so because we, well, we also had to meet up with some of our older friends and our newer friends. And you kind of realize that it's just not, it doesn't jive anymore. I'm not saying you, you, you have to hold on to friends as long as possible, right? It's a give and take situation. All relationships are. If you're giving and you're not feeling a lot of receiving, then I think it's okay to kind of slow down. And yeah. then we do have friends. And this is what I mean by reason, season, lifetime that we haven't seen in like six years and then after those six years we see them and we pick right back up where we left off and those are lifetime friends those it's, are my favorite 
And they're understanding, right? They understand that you're busy. We understand that they're busy. And it's okay if we're not like, hey, you did not text me today. And I haven't heard from you in three hours. Yes, we don't have to be up each other's asses. But you know, you know what I find that's really frustrating? And Jason and I will butt heads about this since Jason decided to go on this bitch fest of a rant. I'm so much <laughs> of an open book. Whereas like, if I'm friends with you and I'm close with you, I just, I, I don't have a filter. I'm telling you about what's going on in my life, what's going on in my personal life with my family, my friends, my brothers, sisters, Jason. And I just, I'm like comfortable, I'm vulnerable. And then I noticed that a lot of times that comes back to bite me in the ass. And there are a lot of times where I share and I overshare because I want to talk to people. And then people really, it's almost like it's been weaponized against me or it's used to make me sound like somebody I'm not. That it's it, it it is just very frustrating. And Jason always says to me, he's like, "You give too much," and I'm like, "You don't give enough." So I mean, listen, no, I choose when I give enough. That's why you have to get to know people, and I think it's 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 necessary. I mean, let me give you an example of of what Adam does. Oh, <laughs> so Here we, we were flying back from New York back down to Palm Beach, and <laughs> we were delayed quite a bit, where we had to sit on a plane because there was a very intoxicated woman in the back row of the plane that they needed to get off. So it was just, a, it was a long three hour delay. And of course, you know, Adam, he's like looking around and I see him looking around. I'm like, he wants to talk. Like mm. Adam is a talker. He looks over to our neighbor across the aisle and it's like, oh, hi. Oh, is that a cat you're traveling with? Oh my gosh. Oh, are you going down to Palm Beach for the season? Oh yeah. We used to have a condo there, but our HOA got too high and this is how much it was. And this is what we sold our condo for. And this is what we're moving <laughs> or this is where we're moving. Uh, this is this what is we my like credit score. <laughs> this woman is sitting here looking at him like, wow, I'd like all this from from saying hi to someone on a plane. <laughs> so I'm funny. Like, my favorite but, movies are thrillers. I like long walks on the beach. I hate having an HOA. This is my credit score and I'm building a house and getting married. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know. I don't know how people feel about this, but sometimes I feel like it's it's okay to be friendly. But when you start, I'm just bitchy today. I think I'm just vulnerable. I'm just in a different space. Like you are very guarded and protected. And now I understand why, because as I get older and go through this and these different, you know, situations with friends or family or get taken advantage of or whatever comes up and it's just not healthy, I'm learning more and more like, Adam, shut the fuck up. Shut (laughs) up. Stop being so open and letting people come into your life that can potentially hurt you or try to take advantage of a situation. And I still, to this day, like when Jason tells me, I'm like, you're trying to tell me what to do or how to live my life. And we're in a relationship where 50-50, you don't get to tell me that. I can, I will take in your opinion into consideration, but I also am going to live my life for me. And then it's like months later, something happens and I'm like, oh, fuck, Jason, you were right. I'm sorry. Listen, in... in hindsight and and, in fairness um we are very social people and that's that's okay i just sometimes it's okay to keep the guard up for a little bit you know keep the guard up for a little bit but that's that's really all i wanted to bitch about today i mean you're saying very social people i keep getting sent photos from this past weekend of our time in new york and i'm in every little social situation just like (laughs) interacting and taking advantage of it and i'm like oh this is hey what's going on in your life this is what's going on in mine and i'm like damn it i did it again (laughs) i did it again but (laughs) i'm glad you got that off your chest because you 
I was wondering why it was, you were a little bit bitchy today, but I guess tired. And- you know, I'm just, yeah, I'm exhausted. BravoCon really, it really screwed me up and in, okay. in, 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 in the best way. Like I am gratefully exhausted. You're flying out at five o'clock in the morning to go to a yacht party. I don't feel bad for you. Uh, we're covering a yacht party, but yes. Yeah. Well, I'll be here in Florida. So. Well, thanks. now it's cold in New York. So now I don't want to go back. But guys. Thank you for letting thank us you for, bitch. Thanks for letting us bitch. And thanks for listening to Hot Messy Podcast. We love you guys. We have so many amazing guests coming up. I can't even describe. I'm so excited. I, I really am always freaking excited when I do this podcast. Yeah. I, I honestly, I feel like it's a, a place to be more vulnerable. Fuck. I'm being more vulnerable again. <laughs> yes. Damn it. Maybe the podcast is not a great idea because <laughs> I feel like this is a place where I get to be more vulnerable. And I'm like, that's the exact thing that I just bitched about. But no, thank you guys. This is so much more fun to sort of be ourselves and have a little bit less of a filter on here as opposed to bravo, bravo, fucking bravo on YouTube. So this really means a lot. It's another outlet for us. And as we said, we have so much on our plate right now and we cannot share or wait to share with you guys new studios and 2023 is just going to be bigger, better, more bolder than ever. And we're so happy that you guys participate with us. We love you guys. We love you guys and have a great weekend and we'll be back on Tuesday. Love you guys. Bye, everyone. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.